Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, so I wanted to start by actually tagging off of a little bit of what uh, Pastor Nick said just a few moments ago. So we have a couple of really important things coming up. Uh, tonight, first of all, sanctuary. And my guess is I, I have an idea of what's going on in the room because you're kind of like, oh, I'm intrigued. That sounds interesting. It feels like, would it be just, you know, Sunday morning at night, you know, kind of a thing. And, and you're also wondering, like, are they going to do weird things there? Let's be honest, some of you are wondering that. You're, you're, you're thinking like, okay, I want to go, but man, they're going to do weird stuff. I, I feel that because it's like, ooh, sanctuary, that sounds strange, you know, whatever. Okay, so let me just set your mind at ease and tell you, uh, if you want to be in God's presence, then just come and don't worry about the weird stuff. We're not going to do weird stuff. We're not going to force you to pray with somebody like out loud unless you want to. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to make you memorize scripture and recite it in front of everybody if you think uh, we get weird ideas okay uh, I'm just saying sanctuary let me just tell you what it is it is a time to slow down to pause and really consider who God is who you are and what he has to say there's no sermon some of you are like ooh, sign me up I'm ready there's no sermon. There will be some thoughts given, but no sermon. A lot of music, some prayer. We're just going to rest in God's presence. We're going to worship. I don't know about you, but if there's anything that we need, it is to simply be in the presence of God. And so we're going to take, an, we've never done this before, but it is going to be uh, powerful. And so I hope that you'll choose to join us. And don't worry, we're not going to do anything weird. We're good. The second thing that I want to encourage you about is, Nick mentioned this, but a week from today, next Sunday, is a big Sunday. And it's not just because of the Super Bowl. It's because we are going to share a yes update. We're going to get into the weeds, as he said. I love that. We're going to get into the weeds. We're going to tell you some of the things that have been happening, some of the things we're doing. We're going to tell you, give you an update on how we're doing with the Yes Campaign Giving. All of that stuff. We're going to tell you all of those things. We're going to get into the details next Sunday, okay? Uh, and in addition to that, I'm going to also draw a line from the Yes campaign and why it's important into one of the most important DNA culture pieces of our church. It's been a part of our church for since the beginning, since before the beginning actually, and uh, you guys have heard of it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it next week, and so you have to come, you have to engage, you have to show up and be here, and I'm going to share one of the most important aspects of our church that makes us what we are and who we are and how we are. Like you might say, well, why is Northridge the way it is? I'm going to share that next week. And it ties a little bit to the Yes campaign, okay? So a little bit of a teaser. Yes, there it is. Uh, I hope you can engage with this. It's going to be a huge, big-time Sunday, uh, and I'm excited about it. So see you tonight. We'll see you next week, and it's going to be amazing. All right. So 
uh, Laura already had you close your eyes. Like, we're pushing on the participation here this morning, and I like that, right? You, you know when you like to participate? How many of you are kinetic learners, right? You learn with your hands. You have to do stuff. Okay, this is good. So I'm going to have you engage this morning in participation, and don't worry. It's really simple. All you have to do is raise your hand, okay? So I'm going to ask you some questions. The first question that I have for you is, how many of you in here, you're the type of family that likes to have the toilet paper roll go over the top? How many of you over-the-top people? Okay, wow, I did not know that. Okay, so next question is, how many of you are under-the-roll people? All right, both of you. Okay, cool. Um, but both of you are awesome. <laughs> I did not think it was going to be overwhelmingly that way. That was surprising to me. That was crazy. Like, most of you are like, no, over-the-top. And the, and the under, like, I heard you say, no, under. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> Uh, can, let, let me just, uh, I'm, I'm already off. Okay, let me just ask this. How many of you don't know, don't care about how your toilet paper is? All right, there's like three or four of you. You're like, I don't know, it just needs to work. Okay, cool. Uh, good, we will stop there. Otherwise, if I get too deeper in that, it's going to go badly. Okay, uh, let me ask you the next question. How many of you are coffee in the morning people? Okay, that does not surprise me. How many of you are non-coffee drinkers in the room? Okay, my hand's up with that one because I'm a non-coffee drinker. Okay, that's actually more than I thought, to be honest. Okay, all right, very good. Good to know. Uh, next question. Now we're going to dig in a little bit. All right, a little more personal. Uh, not, not scary, just a little more personal. You're going to have to push yourself to admit this. How many of you hit the snooze button at least once in the morning? when the alarm clock goes off, okay? My hand's up with you because I typically am that way. Not always, but typically, okay? How many of you are, the alarm goes off, you're up, like you're ready to go, okay? Cool. Now, some of you don't know this, but there's probably, I think, a third group in the room. How many of you are like, alarm clock, I don't need that, I just get up? All right, there's a handful of you weird ones in here. That's awesome. Okay, no, I, no, I love you. You, got, like, you are impressive to me. I'm like, no way, <laughs> no way for me. My alarm clock went off this morning. I'm like, yep, it's Sunday. Okay, I got to get up. Okay, let's go. You know, it, it, it took a second and I was there, you know, but, but that's kind of what it is. Okay, so the question that I have for you, well, let me do one more. We're having fun, right? I'm just curious. How many of you, when you go to a restaurant... And when you go to a restaurant, how many of you order the same thing just about every time? Like you have your regular stuff, you're willing to admit that. How many of you in here, you are adventurous? You're like, ah, let's, let's see what we can do here. Let's see what we can find. Okay, some of you are not raising your hand. You're like, I don't know what I am. Okay, cool, cool. Now here's my question for you on all that stuff. What are all those things that I just talked about have in common? What are they? They're habits. Aren't they? They are habits. They are things that we do all the time. So what we're going to do today is we're going to land the plane on the series that we've been in called Killing What's Killing You. We've been talking about things that are trying to take you out in life. Things that are trying to take you out. And so what we have said is in this series we need to go after these things and we need to take them out before they take us out. Yes? And so we've talked about all the different things. We've talked about rest. We've talked about freedom. And we've talked about fear that, and the freedom that comes from when we get rid of fear. We've talked about last week. I don't know about you, but we hit the big dog pride. How many of you love talking about pride last week? We've gotten a lot of messages from people after last week. Because pride, I think, strikes a chord. Because we all know that's the root cause of like everything that's negative and bad. 
And so we hammered on pride. But today we're going to get ultra practical. What habits are killing you? What habits are taking you out? What habits are really just kind of taking you out at the knees? Now, before we get too much further into this, let's define it. Let's define what a habit is. Now, I decided not to even look at a dictionary for this time. You, you guys know a lot of times I like to give the dictionary version. This is the Brent version, okay? I don't even know if it's accurate, but this is just makes sense in my head. So if it makes sense in my head, let's be honest, sometimes it's true, sometimes uh, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> But here's Brent's version of the habit. But this is the definition we're going to use. A habit is something that we do or don't do consistently. Something that we do or something that we don't do consistently. A habit. For example, some of you in here, uh, a habit that you have is that you make your bed in the morning. You do something. You make your bed in the morning. That's a habit that you have. A lot of you, and we could raise our hands on that stuff, but I'm not going to dig it. That seems really personal here today. I already asked about a snooze button. But some of you in here, your habit is to not make your bed in the morning. It's a habit either way, isn't it? You make your bed, it's a habit. You don't make your bed, it's a habit. Something you do or you don't do consistently. So that's the definition that we're going to go with. Now, what, what I want to do is I want to just kind of take a moment here, and I want you to think. Laura kind of already did this with your eyes closed. I'm not going to make you close your eyes. But I want you to think about this. What are some habits in your life that you know are habits? Think about them right now. Get them in your head. Things that you do, things that you don't do. Good, bad, ugly, or otherwise. doesn't matter. Think about it. What are some habits in your life? You consistently do these things or you consistently don't do these things. You got some? Okay. Throughout this morning, I want you to filter everything that we're talking about through those habits. I want you to analyze. I want you to think. I want you to hear what God is saying to you about those habits because some, not all, some of the habits that you have are killing you. They're taking you out. They're hurting your relationships. They're hurting your leadership. They're hurting your faith. And we need to take them out before they take us out, okay? So, you got those habits in your mind, right? You got those? Trust me, I've had, I've had a lot that have come up to me this week. A lot of habits. Some good, some bad, but there's been a lot of habits in there. So, here's what I want to do today. I want to answer two questions. Two questions today. The first question that I want to answer is, why are habits important? Why should you and I, why should we care about habits? Why spend an entire sermon talking about habits? Why do they matter? Why should we care? Okay? Question number one, we're going to answer that. Question number two that we're going to answer is, if you have a habit that you know is not good, how do you change it? How do you go about changing that habit? So why should we even pay attention to habits? And then the second question is, how do we change a habit? Okay, I'm going to give you kind of a recipe for success, so to speak. So we're going to get ultra practical. All right, but we're going to spend some time on the why first. So let me give you two reasons why habits are important. Reason number one, habits prove priorities. Habits prove priorities. What do I mean by that? What I mean is what we do shows who we are. Isn't that right? What we do 
shows who we are. So let me kind of give you an example from Scripture. So uh, there's a book called 1 John in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It was written by John, the Apostle John, Disciple John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. (laughs) And he's writing 1 John, and he's writing to you and I, if you are a follower of Christ, he's writing to us. He's writing specifically to us. And he starts this section that I'm about to read by saying, Dear children. Now, I don't know if you've seen this in God's Word a lot, but when you see John write, John, for some reason, likes to use this phrase. He says, Dear children. And when you see that phrase, Dear children, he's speaking to you as a follower of Jesus. Now, this, don't think that this is condescending. Don't think that this is demeaning. He's calling us children, not because we're little and because we're small or because, you know, we're, you know, we're not, we haven't grown up yet or anything like that. It's not a demeaning thing. What it is, is in Jewish culture, when a person is learning under a master teacher, they were called their children. In Jewish culture, that's just kind of how it was known. And so you had a master teacher and their students, dear children. So John is speaking to you and I as students. He wants us to learn. He wants us to hear something. And by the way, catch this. What, the words that I'm about to read, they come from a guy who physically, literally walked and talked with Jesus on this earth. How cool is that? I think he knows something about something. And so when we hear these words, just know it comes from a place of authority and power because he heard this and felt this and experienced this from Jesus himself. All right, here we go. 1 John 3, 18 through 19. He says this. He says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before He says, dear children, followers of Jesus, my students, my kids, listen, don't just say that you love people. You need to love people. You need to actually do something about it. You can't just talk about it. What is John saying? What John is saying very clearly here is he's saying we can't just talk a game, a big game. We have to live it. We have to take action. We have to live it out. We have to be who we say we are. Habits prove priorities. You guys have heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words. Have you heard that? Of course you've heard that. Do you believe it? Absolutely you believe it. You know, we we definitely believe that. We know that words are important, but we also know that actions are more important. Okay? I can tell you all day long that I'm a pilot and I know how to fly a Boeing 777. Like, I can do that. I can tell you all day long that I'm going to do that. But where's the proof when I actually get in the cockpit and I actually get you home safely? Let me just tell you, I'm not a pilot. You should definitely not get in a plane with me. The proof is in the action. Actions absolutely do speak louder than words. And by the way, parents, don't we know this all too well? Because don't your kids do what you do and not necessarily what you say? Can I be honest? My kids definitely don't do what I say. But they definitely do what I do. And a lot of times I find out what I'm doing, I don't want them to be doing what I'm doing. Have you noticed that? Well, Dad, you always say that. 
oh, okay, well, that's, that's not uh, pertinent to right now. Okay, I don't say those things, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, okay, you got me. Because actions do speak louder than words. We know this is true. So let's talk about this. I think when it comes to habits, here's a question that we should ask. Does this habit build or create things that have long-lasting value? Does my habit, the habits that I have, the things that I'm daily doing or not doing, do they have long-lasting value? Think about it. The things that you spend your time and your money on show what you value. Your habits prove your priorities. I don't know about you, but I can go through my day and there's a lot of things in my life. Some things matter a whole lot, like they have massive value, lifelong value, eternal value even. They have a lot of value. But then there are, if I was going to be honest, there are a lot of things in my life that if I were going to say, if I was going to be honest, they don't have much value at all past the moment. Let me, let me give you an example of this, okay? Uh, so you guys remember we had those big snowstorms a couple of weeks ago? Okay, remember that? It's kind of distant memory. I mean, like now it's like uh, we, uh, I, early spring, Nick, I think uh, Puxatawney Phil is right because we already have it. So it was like 45 yesterday. Okay. In, in Wisconsin, that's, that's almost summer. Like, let's go swimming. Let's go. You know, I walked around. I haven't had a coat on for days. This is crazy. Okay. I digress. The point is, okay, what are you doing that has value? So we had we had this snowstorms, and, and so my son, Tanner, he's our youngest, he's 10, and he said, Dad, that day, of course, they were off of school, and, and, and so I still had to work. We have to struggle with that, you know? It was like, well, you guys are off school, but we still have to work, okay? Do you, you have that struggle with the kids? They're like, hey, can you play games? Can you do okay, yes, but I have to do this stuff first. So I, I finished my work, and by, I finished it early so that I could go out in the afternoon. So we went out, and he wanted to build a big snowman. You know, that snow was really good for that. And he said, no, Dad, I want to build a big snowman. So we started building this snow. We started rolling this thing. And this thing was getting huge, like to the point where I'm getting underneath and shoving it around. And, and then some neighborhood kids showed up, and we had to have a snowball fight, you know, in the middle of that. But this is, this is what we ended up building, right? We had, we had this giant snowman, and then Hannah came out. My daughter came out later, and she wanted, she heard Tanner's idea of making a snow dog. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so we did a snowman and a snow dog, okay? We've never done a snow dog before. That was pretty cool, okay? But here's my point. We spent massive time, massive effort, massive energy. I was sweating a lot by the time we were done with this. It was a lot of work. And, and what's cool is, like, this is great, and it was good family time. I'm not saying that there's, no, you know, that's not a problem. But, but can I tell you, I took a picture. You know what this looks like as of this last week, early this last week? Here's what it looks like. Here's what they look like. <laughs> They're amazing. I mean, look at that. The snowman fell over and crushed the dog, and the, and the leash is just buried under the snow. And you know what? Now there's a whole bunch of rocks sitting in our grass that are probably I'm going to send into a window in the spring. That's going to be amazing. The truth is, now I know that that time was valuable because it was with my kids. I, 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 I get that. But you understand the point. Sometimes we put so much time and energy and effort into our habits, into these things, and we're investing time and we're investing money and we're spending money on all these things and we think that they're valuable and yet in a moment they're gone. 
Just like that. Wow, it's beautiful. Lump of snow. What habits are you doing that actually have long-lasting value? Do you have those? If you don't, are you willing to choose some more of those? Habits prove priorities. They prove what you're about, what you value. Absolutely. All right, so that's the first point. Second point, why do habits matter? Why should habits matter to you and I, to all of us? Okay, the second point is this. Habits point to the point. Okay, no, that's not a typo. (laughs) Habits point to the point. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that habits are taking you in a direction. It's pointing you somewhere. It's taking you to a target. There is a destination. Your habits are carrying you somewhere. And the question is, do you know where? Because all of us, every single one of us, are going to end up in life either on purpose or by default. We're going to end up there because we chose all the habits and the things that got us there. Or we didn't choose, we weren't intentional, and the habits just carried us there and we end up somewhere by default. Where are you going? Where are you headed? Your habits point to the point of where you're going to end up. What's going to happen? Let me, let me get into this a little bit, Okay. One of the biggest pieces with habits is that, and I believe that God wants us to do this. I believe that God wants us to choose hard early on so that it's easier later on. You know what I'm saying? I think that God wants us to choose the difficult now so that in the future we can reap a benefit of fruit that is much better. Hard now, easy later. Difficult now, better later. Let me give you an example, okay? You're not going to like these examples, but they're so true. Um, Eating. How many of you love food? (laughs) Man, I love food. I love food. Food is so good. I've already had conversations with many people about food this morning. Partly maybe that's because they're talking to me and I love food. And so I get into that. But the truth is, let's talk about food. We can either make a decision to sacrifice some things in food and eat healthier now, which, let's be honest, is hard. It is much easier to grab Cheetos than cut an apple. Okay. That, by the way, do you ever wonder, like, God, why did you make it like we have to prepare the healthy stuff and the other stuff I just opened the bag? I know that wasn't God's fault. <laughs> That's called sin. <laughs> Talk about a broken world. But let's be honest, it is much easier to go to the pantry and be like, mm, dump it in, or just take the bag. <laughs> you know, it's much easier to do that than cut up and prepare and bring the fruit and put the thing together. It's just so much easier. Plus, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I like the taste better when it hits. That's just me. It's much harder to eat right now. But if you eat right now, you know what will happen? Later, it will be much easier for you to live life. It's true. We don't like to admit it, but it is true. Same thing with exercise. It's hard to exercise now. I don't know about you. I've got two teenagers. I've got a, I've got a 10-year-old. He's in fourth grade. We, we are about to move out of the zone where we have anybody in elementary school. I, it's hard to believe. Okay, But we are going all the time. Just poo, 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 all the time. And I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do is carve out some time to exercise. 
man, you know what I really want to do? I want to work out right now. I've never said that. Some of you, you love working out. I love that. That's awesome. I don't. I do it because I'm supposed to, but man, do I hate it. Can I be honest? It's hard to do that. But if we do that, you know what will happen is later on, it will be much harder to do it if you don't do it now. And you'll reap the wrong benefits later. Hard now, easy later. God's word, prayer. Some of you are like, ah, I don't, I've never really figured out how to do this. You never will until you start doing it. What habit do you need to start now so that 10 years from now, you're like, okay, I didn't even know even how to open a Bible before. Okay, it's really easy, by the way. I'm just kidding. Okay. Read, get into it. You're like, I don't know, but it's not opening it, right? I get that. It's where to start. What do I, what do I, what do I even do? This thing is huge. Okay? The only way you're going to actually learn is to open it up. Just start opening it up. Dig into it. Start reading. You may end up in <laughs> Leviticus. I hope you do. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> or maybe some of the genealogy lists. It's going to be awesome. Just open it up. Get into it. Dig in there. Oh, man, it's so amazing. This is life. This is, this is alive. This is going to call you out. It's going to dig in. It's going to actually encourage you. It's going to challenge you. It's going to change you. But you've got to get into it. Is that what habits are going to start investing in things that are going to point you in a direction where you need to go? By the way, parenting and discipline is this way. Oh, man, I should not dig into this, but let's go. Parents, if we're not putting in the healthy boundaries for our kids now, I promise when they're teenagers, that's not the time to start. It's just, it just it's not, it's not going to work. Teenagers in the room, it hardly works now anyway, does it? You're like, yeah, good, good try. <laughs> it's, it's not, but if you don't start, if there's no balance, no boundaries here, they're not going to happen here. Hard now, easier, better later. See, our habits point us in a direction. And by the way, think we need to understand that our habits don't just affect us. You're headed in a direction, and I hope you understand you're taking people with you. You're taking people with you, your children, your good friends, some of your family members, some people that you deeply care about, whatever your habits, wherever your habits are going, they're going with you. Are you taking them to a good place? To a good point, to, a good, to the right target. That's important. See, we can't just say that we value Jesus. We have to value Jesus. <laughs> you can't say, oh, you should definitely have faith. You should definitely read God's word. But if they never see you reading God's word for yourself, they're not going to do that. Right? You can talk about it all day long. But they're going to do what you do, not what you say. It's just not how it works. So what habits 
do you have and where are they leading? Where are they pointing? Where are they taking you? Okay, uh, I could spend a long time on that, but we're going to move on for the sake of time. Let's just keep going. Okay, so why are habits important? Two reasons. They prove what you value. The things that you're spending your time on and your money on, those are your habits, and they prove what you value most. Absolutely. What you spend your time and your money on, period. Okay, they show what you value most. Secondly, they're pointing you in a direction. You are headed somewhere, and the question is, where are you headed, and are you going there on purpose? Are you going where God wants you to go, or are you just kind of drifting along? And all of a sudden, the Pringles can is empty. Ever done that? I'll just have a few. By the end of the evening, you just throw it in the trash can because there's none left. I've been there. Did you get there on purpose or just kind of do what feels right? By the way, the habits, eating right, exercising, we talked about that stuff, that's hard to choose. Can I be honest? And I'm going to get into this in a minute for myself. If it's easy, it's probably not best. I know we don't like that, but if the habit is easy, if it's just something that you normally would do, it's probably not the right habit. Because most of my good habits, I have a few. You can ask my wife and verify if that's true. Okay, feel free. She loves that, by the way. Everybody talk to Laura today after church. Ask her about Brent's good habits. <laughs> I love you, dear. I'll pay for that later. Okay. Here's the truth. The habits that are hard, the, the ones that are good in my life, they're harder to do. I have to force myself to do them. I do not drift into, into hard. I drift to easy. We're all the same, aren't we? We, we drift to easy. We drift to just kind of, hmm, this is what we're going to do. And so it's easy for me to do this, but it's hard for me to do this, but this is what I need to do. Okay? Harder is right. Okay. So let's move on. I told you I was going to move on. Then I didn't. I know. I, I get it. Maybe I just wasn't ready to move on. How do we change the habits that we need to change? How do we do that? Let me give you a recipe for success. This is not the only recipe for success. I'm not saying I, I am the expert on how we're going to do this, but I want to give you four things, four things that you can do. If you want to change a habit, and if you follow this recipe, you're going to have a really good shot at changing that habit. Okay? Four things. Again, I'm not perfect, but I'm just saying these four things will give you a really good shot at changing the habits that you need to change. And by the way, if you're a note taker, you can write all these down as we go through them, but eventually all four of them will be on the screen. Okay? So you can use that thing that you have in your pocket, that computer, take a picture. Okay? How do we change a habit? Number one, you need to pick a habit to change. You need to pick one. Okay? So why, why do I say that? Okay? Why do I say that? Here's why I say that. I'll just say it this way. A lot of times people don't change anything because they try to change everything. And I am speaking to myself first and foremost on that one because I fall into that trap all the time. My staff knows this. They come to with, with an idea and then I usually blow it up into like 12 15 other ideas. I'm like, whoa, you know what we could do? And then they're like, well, now we can't do anything. 
No, seriously, ask my staff. They will tell you that that is true. Because uh, I'm just like, whoa, yes, that is amazing. And then we could, and then we could, and then we could. And you know what? Then we don't do it. Because I just made it so big, we have to go to the moon and back. Sometimes we don't change anything because we're trying to change everything. Don't do that. Pick a habit today. Pick one today. What do you need to change? What's killing you today? And change that habit. You have to pick one. So let me, let me give you an example from my life through these four points. So uh, a few weeks ago, I told you that I had made a commitment to change a habit. I'm not going to start the day with my phone, and I'm not going to end the day with my phone. I don't know about you, but it's hard, because can I tell you what my habit was before I did this? My habit was I set my phone alarm next to my bed. My guess is most of you have, right? Some of you have it where you lay flat. Some of you have it where it actually faces you. It's looking at you while you sleep. Creepy. Okay, that's what I have. I have the looking at you version, right? Sitting right there so that I, when I'm sleeping, I can just look over and be like, oh, my phone. Hmm. Okay, wonderful. That's what it used to be. And so I would set my alarm on my phone. Why? Because it's so easy. I mean, I've got like 37 different alarms that I've had, and they just stay there. And I just have to swipe the thing over, and then I'm set. It's so easy. It's amazing. And I, I don't know about you, but I love practical. I love easy. I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Okay? And so I, had, I started the day with my phone because it would go off, and I hit it, and then, I, you know, the little, okay, snooze, okay, good. And, and then I'm good, and sometimes it'll go off again. Okay, we're good. And then the first thing I grab is what? My phone. I grab it, and I take it into the bathroom, and I go, oh, yeah, my phone. And then it's sitting there, and then I check the weather, and I do the other thing. And I start my day on a screen, the first thing, without anything else. No God, no nothing else. Nope, phone. And then the end of the day, you know what I do? Here's what I do. Some of you are like, oh, this, you're gonna, this is going to knock me down a couple notches in here. I would lay in bed. With my phone like this. I'd be just swiping. Sometimes I play a game. I have to turn it sideways. My elbows would start to ache. Anybody elbows ache when you're on your phone? Anybody fall asleep so it hits you in the face? <laughs> oh, I guess it's time to go to sleep now. Put it on there so it stares at me while I'm sleeping. Creepy. Anybody ever had this? This moment? Okay, that's how I started and ended my day with my phone. So I was like, I, this is dumb. I need to stop doing that. It is not healthy. It's not good. I go to sleep worried and anxious or thinking about something else that I don't need to be thinking about, and I start my day that way too. Not healthy. It's not good. And so I decided to change that. Okay, so pick a habit. Be clear on what you need to change. Okay, number two, how will you change it? And you need to be really specific with this one. You have to get specific, okay? You cannot, it is worth, it would be worthless for me to say, you know, I need to get better at not looking at my phone. I just need to do better at that. That, you know what that is? Worthless. Completely worthless. You might as well not even say anything. You might as not, not even consider it. Don't even think about it because it's not going to happen. You know why? Because that is so general. I need to get better at not looking at my phone. You're going to do well for a couple of days. And then after that, you're going to just do what you always do. 
because you have habits. Same way with me. And so what are you going to do to change that habit? Be specific. And I told you guys this a few weeks ago. So what I did for my phone, for example, I'm just giving you an example. What I did is I had to actually buy, I hate spending money. I do, I do. It's only like 20 bucks, but I still hated doing it because I'm like, I already have something that works. But I, I bought an alarm clock. Like an, it's an actual alarm clock. Have you ever seen those? They still make them. Okay. So I, seriously, for years I've just had my, my phone is my alarm clock staring at me creepy at night, right? And so I bought an alarm clock. It has the display, the time, the temperature, all kind of stuff. It has a snooze button on top. Remember when they did snooze buttons on top? So cool. And the, and the on-off switch is in the back. So annoying. I have to reach around the alarm clock and like turn it off. Can I just tell you, I hate that alarm clock. Not just because it goes off, but because it's so ineffective compared to my phone. I can just swipe it on on my phone, and here I have to turn the thing on, and I have to hit the button, hold the set button, and do the thing. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Like, my phone, I'm done. And it drives me nuts because it takes me an extra, like, 15 seconds to set the alarm. Can I just say every night I'm like, stupid alarm clock. Okay, it's set. I'm going to sleep. Remember, though, if it's easy, it's probably not right. And I'm the ultimate in, like, functional, practical, this makes sense, it's efficient. But this is one of those things that is not efficient. It's much worse but it's necessary for me. And so I put the alarm clock next to my bed and my phone and my watch, anything that's going to ding and go off or whatever, is across the room, staring at us from another dresser. But it's over there and I can just shut the phone off and then I can go in and I can shower, get ready, all that kind of stuff and I don't have to start my day with my phone. And at night, I do not lay in bed with my phone. My bed, my, the phone does not come to bed with me anymore. There's no drooling, there's no dropping and breaking my nose. We're good. It's over there and I'm going to go to sleep free of a screen. It's been really good. Harder, yes, but good exceptionally good. So what are you going to do to change? Be specific. Be clear. Make sure it's actually something that you can action on and you know when you've done it. Okay? Be specific. Okay. Now these next two of the four are critical pieces to this. They may not sound this way, but they're probably the most critical things to this whole thing. Okay? Number three is this. You need to tell someone about it. (laughs) And you need to be specific again. Again, do not go to, uh, don't go to somebody and be like, man, I need to get better at not looking at my phone. I just wanted to let you know. Worthless. You know why it's worthless? Because they don't know what they can ask you about. They don't know how to help you. They don't know what you're supposed to do. You might even have it in your head, but unless you tell them, unless you have them write it down, unless you text them and let them know, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, and this is when I'm going to do it, and I want you to hold me accountable to it. And you're going to find somebody who you can trust, who's going to tell you the truth, and they're going to hold you accountable to that thing. You need to tell someone about it so that they can hold you accountable for it. Now, I did this not on purpose. I did this by default. I told you guys, all of you, the whole church, both services, 
several weeks ago that I was going to do this. I was going to replace my charger with an alarm clock and I was going to put my phone on the outside of the room. I did that and you all knew that I was going to do that so you can ask me about it. I didn't ask you to ask me, but you can ask me about it. But guess who else was in the room? My wife is also in the room when I said that. Two of my children, two of my three children were in the room and they live in the same house as me and they know. <laughs> oh, they know whether I'm doing what I'm saying. But they, they can attest to this. My phone is across the room. My alarm clock is there. I do hate that thing. They also know that, I think. Okay? Tell somebody who can hold you accountable. I was just having a conversation this last week with somebody, and this just kind of came out of nowhere, but he was sharing with me about something that he really desperately needs to get better at in his life. And, uh, and it was just a normal conversation. And so I asked him, and I said, hey, um, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. This is going to be the ball's in your court. I say that a lot. Some of you have heard me say that to you. The ball is in your court. I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but if you want me to, I will text you and ask you if you did this, if you want me to do that. And, and by the end of the conversation, five, ten minutes later, he said, you know what, Brent? I, I would love for you to text me at the end of the week. You know when I texted him? I texted him the following week, so I failed, but I did text him. I did text him. I just didn't text him that week. I texted him, and I asked him about it, and you know what? He had followed through. He had the plans. It was already done, and then he texted and asked me about how I was doing with the same thing. Oh, it was good, and you know what? I can be honest about this because this is, this is how I am. If he would have texted back and said, you know, I, I really, I got busy. I didn't have this time. I would have called him out, and I said, you need to do this by tomorrow. That's what he would have said. I was prepared to text that. I was like, oh, it's going to be hard, but that's what I'll do. But he had already, he was good. He had already done it. Who are you going to tell about the habit that you need to change? Be specific about what you're going to change and make sure they can hold you accountable to it. Oh, isn't that fun? No, it's not. It's hard, but it's necessary. You need to do it. Okay. Number four, also so critical to this. Number four is this. Ask God for help. I know that that sounds crazy, right? And you go, all of these practical things, like we're going to pick a habit and we're going to, tell, we're going to figure out exactly what we're going to do to change. And then we're going to tell somebody. And that's, that all makes so much sense. And then you're like, then you're going to pray about it? Of course you need to pray about it. You know why? Let me tell you exactly why. Do you know, where do your habits flow from? Where do your habits come from? They don't just happen you know where they come from? They come from the desires of your heart. Did you know that? That whole can of Pringles, it came from the desires of your heart. <laughs> when I eat a bunch of cookies, you know where that comes from? The desires of my heart. I'm like, hmm. My heart says, yes. The desires of your heart sometime will lead you astray. It does all the time. And so what we need is we need a change of heart. In fact, Jesus said this himself. He was talking about how we worry about money and possessions, but listen to how he ends that little section. He says this. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. 
And by the way, it's a vicious cycle. If my heart longs for something, then I'm going to work and I'm going to strive and I'm going to go after and I'm going to seek that, whatever that thing is. And the more that I get of that, have you seen this? The more that I get of that, the more that I want that. And so the more that I see, the more my heart desires that. And so I have to work harder and I have to work more and my habit has to get deeper. And this is how we end up in addictions, by the way. Our heart desires and we give in. And then our heart says, ooh, that was good. Only for a minute, though. And so we want more. And so now your heart desires more. And then you add more. And then your heart desires more. And then there's more. And then it's a vicious cycle. So how do we break the cycle? It's really simple. You need to allow God's power to change your heart. Change your soul. Did you know God made your heart, your soul, to need him? He created you to need him. And so the massive reservoir of your soul to need, desperately need things and desire things is actually comes from God. But the key is we've got to fill those desires with what the desires are supposed to go, and that's toward Jesus. Are your habits leading you to God, to Jesus? Or are they leading you somewhere else? See, here's the truth. This is a battle. Our habits, it's not a battle with things that we can see. Do you understand that the habits that you're battling, they're not with things that you can see. I understand that that's how we see the result of our habits, but it's not with stuff that you can see. It is actually stuff that's behind that. God's word is really clear. We struggle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against spirits, against the principalities, and the evil darkness of this world. The habits that you have are from a battle that's raging in and around you that you can't see. We, I don't know about you, but we need God with us. It's his battle. The battle belongs to him. So in a moment, I'm going to pray, but we're going to actually sing a song that declares that very thing. Because the truth is, you are in a battle for your habits, for your daily stuff. And God wants you to win that battle, but you need to invite him into it. And my question is, will you invite him into that? So as we sing this song, make this kind of like your battle cry to say to God, I'm done with some of these habits. Help me to win. Help me to defeat them. Help me to get rid of them. Because they're showing that I value something that maybe isn't great, and it's pointing, pointing me in a direction that maybe is not good. The battle belongs to God. Are you willing to surrender your habits, your decisions, your values to him? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the fact that you love us so much that you care about every detail. You care about, you know every hair on our head, it says in your word. It, you, you have told us that you know us before we are even born or conceived even. You know us. 
And so you care about what we do on a daily basis. God, you care if we make our bed or not. You care whether or not the toilet paper rolls over or under. But more than that, you care about how we are viewing ourselves, how we're treating ourselves, how we're treating our body, how we're treating those around us. You care, God, about, about the habits that we have, how we're thinking about ourselves, how we're thinking about others. You care about what we're, how we're spending our time, how we're spending our money, how we're, how, we're, how we're getting into and digging into everyday life. You care about that. And so the battle, there's this battle that we're raging and that we're waging against ourselves and against this world. And our habits are the evidence of that. God, I pray that you would change our heart. Allow us to surrender to you because you are the one that can fight the battle for us. Help us to change the habit or the habits that we need to change, that lead to life and salvation and freedom and joy and forgiveness. Help us remember that the battle does belong to you as we're about to declare and sing to you, Jesus. We pray all this, we ask all this in your name. Amen.